Hi there, Selena Kulkarni here with another episode of the Alternative Investing Podcast. My mission is to help business owners build high performance wealth that delivers reliable, predictable cash flow through unconventional strategies so they can fast track their path to financial freedom. Each week I share with you the strategies, expert interviews and real people's stories around the topic of wealth and financial freedom. And if you're a business owner who wants to learn more about financial freedom through alternative methods, please head over to my website, freedomwarrior.com.au, where you can access my library of articles, interviews, and programs to help you on your way to becoming more financially free. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I have a super fun topic for us today. I want to talk about a quote. I want to use this as the starting point, a quote by Bill Gates. And what he says is, success is a lousy teacher. It seduces smart people into thinking they can't lose. What I actually want to do today is I want to really pull this apart and explain to you why I think it's 100% true and what you need to do to adapt if preservation of wealth really matters to you. So a couple of big problems that I've witnessed uh, over time in the years that I've been working with a lot of uh, successful people, particularly in the realm of property and investing around property. And here's the challenge is we pull a few good moves and then we think we're infallible. So you know, we, we make a few good decisions. Maybe we're pretty good at our business um, or our career and, and we think we've got the Midas touch. Um, we get on a bit of a roll with our investing and then we fool ourselves into believing that we are super skillful. And then we get really, really confused if things go wrong and we blame external factors. The other issue that I witness is that, you know, if you have a seven or eight figure net worth, you believe it gives you full immunity. So we think, hey, if we're worth three mil, five mil, 10 mil, 15 mil, we think we're cool, we're safe. Um, and so we get lazy and complacent. And we also think that as our net worth starts to ratchet up, we think we, we're improving our immunity to financial pain. Um, and then when we see people around us who maybe trip and fall or, or who make one wrong move that cripples them, we think, oh, you know, that, that will never happen to us. Obviously, those are, you know, whether it's happened to you or happened to someone you know, those are real problems. The opportunity that I want to kind of talk to you about today, though, is if you can stop yourself from getting a big head. Um, if you don't get an inflated opinion about your wealth building abilities just because you have a big balance sheet, and if you don't fool yourself into thinking that things can never go wrong, um, and you can really start to maybe even just acknowledge a little bit of the role of luck and timing, uh, which may come in the form of preparation meeting opportunity, but if you can acknowledge that, and ultimately if you can remain very vigilant and what I mean by vigilant is thinking of your investing like a game of chess. You want to be protecting your capital regardless of the level that you're at um, and have this attitude that every piece on the board counts. Then you can start to really elevate yourself and start behaving and thinking like professional investors. Now, I've had the great fortune of being surrounded by uh, people who are really top of their game when it comes to investing. And I want to share with you some of the lessons and insights that they've shared with me over the recent years, which 
I've not only seen to be true in my own wealth building journey, but I, I witness it in the journey of investors that I work with as well. The quote that I started with, which was um, really saying, you know, success is a lousy teacher. Um, the flip side of that is also true. Failure is a lousy teacher. So sometimes when people make great decisions, they think it's completely attributable to their skill. You know, and I said before, you know, sometimes people can fool themselves into thinking that they've got the Midas touch. The flip side, which is failure is also a lousy teacher. Um, and this is the, I, I guess, a bit a heartbreaking in a, in a way is that sometimes people can um, put one foot wrong or, or make a silly mistake that results in some kind of loss. And they make it mean so much more. They make it mean that, you know, they're not a good investor or they're no good at business or there's a weakness there. And uh, sometimes, and I guess this is the uh, the real key to this, uh, you know, we, we've got to learn to, you know, look for the lessons both in success and in failure, but not, you know, so heavily load our worldview that it completely shapes our future decision making. I'm definitely a believer that um, success is a function of preparation, meeting opportunity. Um, and I also know that your frame of reference in life is what gives you your experience. So me personally, I feel really lucky on many levels. Like I, I often say to people, I've, I've had a life of great fortune, um, but there's no question in my mind that there's truth to the statement that luck and risk are doppelgangers. What this means is that, you know, your outcomes in life are divided um, by many forces and you can't just attribute where you are today by just your skill and individual effort. Um, and so I guess the, the real kind of insight for you, if you are someone who cares about preservation and growth of your wealth, then it means that when you're judging your own success um, and you're judging the success of others, you just never really know how good or bad um, it seems. And so I, I think I, I'd like to kind of put that out as the as the starting point. So if I go back to um, to our mate Bill Gates, if you think about Bill Gates, there's no question he's one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. But what a lot of people don't know is that he attended a high school which happened to be one that in 1968 had one of the only computers in the whole world. Um, you know, and were it not for the efforts of that high school, it's unlikely that Bill Gates would have enjoyed the same career success. So uh, he himself admits that had there been no Lakeside High School, um, there would have been no Microsoft. And so on the on the flip side of that, um, he was one of uh, a group of three friends and they were very tight and they were all equally talented and interested in computers. But one of those uh, friends ended up um, dying in a mountaineering accident just before graduation. So again, like a, a, a horrific stroke of bad luck. But really, um, you know, when you think about um, good and bad luck, uh, definitely those have had an impact on on Bill Gates. You know, one of the things to consider here is that we're reluctant to acknowledge the role of luck when we're talking about our own success or even when we're judging other people's success because we think it's rude. You know, there are people out there 
um, world famous economists who acknowledge that you can't measure luck, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, and most people understand and believe in luck, but because it's really hard to quantify, what happens is we tend to um, not so much ignore it, but we downplay it. Um, because quite frankly, if you said to someone who's sharing a win with you that maybe there was an element of luck involved there, um, they're going to think you're really rude. So, you know, what we're, what we're really mindful of is what we don't want is we don't want to be seen as looking mean or jealous, uh, when it comes to kind of judging success. So I guess, you know, first of all, try to abstain from judging others, but when you're judging yourself, um, you know, just be mindful that, you know, it, it's, it's not always as clear as it seems. And, um, sometimes it's too demoralizing to accept that fate or luck may have played a role in, in your outcomes. The next point that I would make is that, you know, everyone is a guru with the benefit of hindsight. Let's say you buy a property and it goes nowhere. Um, but you had 90% chance that it was going to work out for you. Um, I knew a bunch of people who bought, um, a series of properties in Melbourne and Sydney just prior to the boom in the last decade. And, you know, I think if anything, maybe those properties went a little backwards, cash flow was terrible. And, you know, they were told like, hang in there, it'll come good. And they just couldn't afford to. So the question is, do you assume you made a bad decision? Um, or is it possible um, that you made a good decision, but you just got unlucky? And those are the things that are easy to kind of judge with hindsight. Um, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people, particularly, um, you know, self-claimed wealth experts that will kind of argue till they're blue in their face that they they got it right or that they get it right 100% of the time. The question that you want to be asking yourself where you have made a mistake is, you know, did you make a mistake or did you experience the reality of risk? And they are probably two different things. You know, leverage is a really great example. Leverage can make or break fortunes and being bold and foolish on very similar decisions can seem visible with hindsight, but at the time can sort of be um, easy to judge. And one of the best examples of this, of whether you're a genius or an idiot, is uh, when you look at some of the, the big decisions that maybe some of our more famous entrepreneurs have made, um, people like um, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he turned down a, an offer from Yahoo for a billion dollars to buy Facebook out. And everyone said, oh, thank God he did, because look where he is now. Um, but the truth of the matter is, if, if I kind of put that in, into, in real terms, you know, we're all still trying to figure out what strategies work and what don't, you know, which strategies work and which ones don't. How do you get rich and avoid being poor? Um, and we're seeking out these lessons from people who are maybe in the media or people who are high profile. And we think, oh, well, okay, they did that. So I should do that. Or they didn't do that. So if we think about the, the Mark Zuckerberg example, a lot of people looked at that and went, wow, that, that was a really smart decision. And then on the flip side, you know, Yahoo, um, you know, we call those guys idiots because they turned down a fairly significant buyout offer from Microsoft. So we look in hindsight at where Yahoo, you know, 
was and what they could have done. And we think, oh, you idiots, you should have taken that offer. So I guess the point that I'm making is that, you know, this idea of judging someone as having made great decisions or bad decisions is not as black and white as as it may appear on the surface. Here are my, I guess, final warnings on this topic of, uh, you know, luck and risk and things only being visible in hindsight is number one, be careful who you admire. Um, be careful who you judge as right and wrong. Be careful that you don't assume that 100% of outcomes can be attributed to effort, decision, and skill. And, you know, if I were going to kind of give you some wisdom as far as what I've observed is rather than focus on, um, you know, individuals, uh, because often individuals, ex, you know, exhibit and represent the extreme, the one or two percenters that kind of get that epic result. Focus more on um, patterns, habits, um, structure your investments in a way so that one investment, one bad investment can't wipe you out. And unfortunately, what I'm seeing more and more of is that people put it all on red or they take a, a large percentage of their portfolio and they take on investments which they don't need to take on but which ultimately give them exposure to a, uh, a risk that is really, you know, potentially going to wipe them out. So anyway, guys, um, I hope you found that really useful. I would love to hear any stories that you might have about maybe experiences past and present, which maybe you've recognized that the element of lady luck um, played a role. Um, because I think, you know, one of the things that I would encourage everyone, including myself, and, you know, I, I, I'm the first person to school myself in this idea that, you know, I've been super lucky in life, you know, but if you've got stories to share, please reach out to me, send me an email, Selena, S-A-L-E-N-A at IncosiWealth.com. I'd love to hear about them. Till next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're a business owner feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head over to freedomwarrior.com.au to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. Till next time, take care. See you on the next episode and bye for now.